All right, guys, welcome to the Justice Filmmakers Podcast. My name is Justice Brooks, and I'm sitting here today with Ben Haggerty. Ben, dude, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I'm excited. Yeah, Justice, what's happening, man, guy? <laughs> no, dude, I'm, I'm excited to, to chat because, you know, you're you know you're from the Midwest. You moved to L.A. Um, you're now working as a director and editor. You've done some stuff for, um, you know, big brands like Adidas, but you've also done a lot of stuff in the in the music scene, not necessarily music videos, but just around the the whole kind of music scene with like Beyonce and Jay-Z um, and Chris Brown and all these guys. And um, for the guys who don't know you, um, are you able to kind of just give a bit of a background as to kind of how you got into the industry, um, what made you made the move to make the move to LA, um, and then kind of we'll jump into Black With No Cream, you know, talk about the podcast, talk about the Facebook group and kind of, you know, what it is, how to get involved and where to go from there. Yeah, of course. Um Man, I'm from Iowa originally, so I don't know if your audience is mainly Australian, but Iowa's a dope spot. We produce corn. That's what we do in that state. Tons of corn, <laughs> sweet corn and shit. And I, yeah, I grew up there, was always involved in like music and creative projects and picked up a camera at the early age, like every, everybody else's story and filmed a lot of our skateboarding and snowboarding. And, um, and I just, I fell in love with the cinematography portion of it and you know, as I like progressed in and skating and snowboarding, I would always like watch the snowboarding films and just be like blown away by the production value of it. And that got me really interested in trying to be able to capture and tell stories in a new way. So I, I strive to go to a film school in Denver, Colorado. And uh, my goal was I was going to go there and make snowboarding movies for the rest of my life. Um, that ended up being very expensive. I decided to pass on it. And um, I, I went to college in Iowa just got a communications degree with like this focus on electronic media. Um, and it was cool. It was cool for me to just kind of hang out and test ideas and, and experiment with friends that I was making and, and that had similar interests to mine. Uh, but I always knew that I needed to go beyond, you know, our state. Like I needed to get out of Iowa because it just, mm. what I wanted wasn't there. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but I came up in music as well. And, was always passionate about making music and being an artist. And I always understood like what it would be like for an artist and what they want content wise. Um, so eventually I, yeah, I, I made that move and moved out to LA. That's awesome. Um, you know, what did you do when you first got here? Did you get like a day job? Did you start Craigslisting? Yeah. Um, how did you kind of, you know, when you hit the ground, what was the first thing you kind of did? Not for sure. Definitely didn't get out here and just immediately start working with Jay-Z. That, that would have been a trip, but I, I guess like, <laughs> glazed over it. Uh, it was really hard. I, I spent a lot of time in Iowa practicing and learning and dedicating myself to my craft and like really learning how to use my camera, really learning how to study film, even though I couldn't be in film school, um, studying the music industry because that was what I was passionate about being involved in. Uh, I put a lot of hours into that, like multiple times over 10,000 hours. And I felt confident in myself. Um, and when I realized that I really needed to make a move, I had taken a trip. I, I had traveled a ton, like in our old bands and stuff, we would travel and tour in our 15 passenger van playing like punk shows yeah. and shit in basements and whatnot. And so I had gotten to explore the, the, the U S at least. And I knew there was more out there that I was interested in. But, um, once I, I went out to LA, I did a trip out to LA. I got to work on my homie was a director he is a director for, and he was directing and producing some music videos uh, for Chris Brown. And I got to kind of mm -hmm. like shadow him. And 
when I was shadowing him, somehow I like finessed my way into doing behind the scenes. So I got to shoot the behind the scenes video for this Chris Brown Seven Streeter video, and they edited it for me. Like, th- like they they handed it off to someone else, but it was just like a cool experience for me to like be on set and be able to shoot this content of the, and tell the story of that day. And I was blown away. You know, I'm going from no music video sets. I mean, the ones we do would be like in the street at our hometown. You know what I mean? <laughs> to being like on set yeah. with like 90 people, and uh, and it was just so inspiring. So when I went back to Iowa, I realized it is possible. Like something's possible. It's possible to get in the right rooms, right? So I needed to do mm-hmm. everything I could at that time to like save up bread and take my chance and move out there. And uh, I had a homie who let me, said I could sleep on his floor. And I just started working in Iowa to save money for um, rent expenses in case it didn't work out at his crib or Ubers to get back and forth, lunches, whatever. I just wanted to have, um, like, I think I tried to save like $10,000 and I was doing Google mm-hmm. photography to, to make that money before I left. And once I had the money and I had the gear I wanted, I made the move. Um, when I got there, it was a lot of projects that didn't pay me money. I just I tried to set myself up to be able to afford to not make money for a while and just get my hands on any mm-hmm. projects because the truth was like no one knew who I was. And I had to do everything in my power to make people know who I was and put people on to my skill set. I, I felt confident I could help people's projects and and excel in their projects i just needed them to trust me to let me and be involved you know uh it was a big step but it, but it definitely it didn't happen overnight you know no i think that's really encouraging because if, you know it's hard enough to kind of make your way up the ladder when you're in your own city but to go from like your hometown to somewhere completely new you know it's you're literally just a fish out of water um yeah so i guess fast forward now like a few years how long have you been in la for I think I've been here for six years. Wow. Yeah, pushing six right now. So that's actually not that long when I think about it. It's actually that's crazy. Yeah. I know. It feels like I've been here for like twenty years because the amount of things that we've pulled off in six years time. Um but it's crazy, man. Like when I had gotten that chance to be on set, I came back and was trying to tell everybody, like, dude, I was just in this space. Like I I was literally asking Chris Brown questions and filming him and I I could do whatever (laughs) I wanted. And like that's so wild. And uh, I was just so inspired. And it's hard to get other people, you know, I waited for a, a really long time to leave Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. to come out here because I banked on like going with my homies. I like have my squad. We're creative. We're all gonna go. But everyone's in their own life cycle, and and the stars weren't aligning for that. And so I just knew I needed to go and just try something. And I, you know, I came out here with no goals. I I had no plan. You know, my my backup plan was I just go back home. You know, what I mean, I could find work back yeah. home. It's I know I could do that at least. So let's go give this a shot. And getting out here, you you really. I just hit the ground running, man. Like I, I tried to get my hands on every single project I possibly could. Immediately got thrown into this Chris Brown documentary that my homie Andrew was directing. That 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 feature documentary. Um, that was like a two and a half year process uh, of me being an assistant. I was down to just like get coffee for him while he was editing, whatever it took to eventually us becoming co-editors on that project. And um, and that opened up insane doors because now I'm in the room and I'm working on this film and people kind of see my skill set. Now they're like, oh, yeah, go do some more music videos. Can you come through? And I'd start shooting more. So it was really just about exposing and educating people on what I was capable of doing and finding ways to insert myself in a non-aggressive way that could allow me mm-hmm. to, like I said, lift up their lift up the quality of their project or help them excel. That was always my goal. Is like, How can I make this person really, really good at what they're doing? Like, What can I do to add to it to make them just just crush shit. You know what I mean? Like I want to help you become yeah. great at what you do and hopefully in return, you know, more stuff will come my way or bring me on to the next project. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was exhausting to think about how much stuff we did on those for, I mean, 
18 hour days over and over again, just juggling multiple projects on end, barely sleeping. Uh, the house I stayed on the floor, like the room had no doors. Uh, I shared it with two other people. <laughs> I'm on an air mattress with holes in it. It had a recording studio in the basement right below me. You know what I mean? I got like four hours of sleep and all of a sudden the doors open up and like 20 rappers are coming into our crib to like go connect and like work on in a studio. And I was just like, bro, this yeah. is insane. But it, it was, it was, it's crazy. But like you coming from a small town, I'm curious, like what you, you try, you said you're in Sydney. So like getting yeah. into a bigger city was the goal for you. I can only imagine it was similar to yeah. mine is like the network's going to be way bigger and the possibilities are endless when you, when you can put yourself in that environment versus being um, somewhere that I guess just has lower amount of resources. Yeah, totally, man. That's exactly. And I think, you know, just being able to, to recognize, you know, like it may be tough at the beginning, but in the end, you know, there's a lot like essentially you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond back home. Whereas, you know, if you go out to a bigger city, whether that be LA or London or New York or, or Sydney or Melbourne or anything, you know, the, you know, it just allows you to not hit the ceiling as quickly and you're able to kind of grow a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. which is great. That's fact. Yeah, that's um, great. Let's talk about Black With No Cream for a little bit. Um, so you found it. How long, how long ago did you find that? I started Black With No Cream in 2016. I had just gotten done touring with Schoolboy Q. Uh, we did a full U.S. tour, Canada, uh, Europe and UK, and then Australia. So we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time I was getting done with that, I had done like a... a tour doc series we released like five episodes on the road and people were finding the videos really creative and interesting and so they started like hitting me up and there was a bunch of creators hitting me up and and they all had questions or they wanted to pick my brain or whatever it was and uh by the time i got home it was like so many messages and i feel like obligated to to respond to everyone it, just because being yeah. from the midwest i had questions too you know and it's tough to get people to respond yeah totally um so after a certain point i really wanted to find another way to help versus just like a quick two, three sentence response. So what I did was uh, I started a Facebook group, um, a private Facebook group. I called it Black Window Cream because that's how I drink my coffee. And I just said, let's yeah. just bring everyone together. You know, people can ask their questions here. And then hopefully, you know, another like-minded creative could help answer it. I'm not a genius in all angles of everything. So if someone's getting interested in like shooting wedding videos and they're asking me for advice on like, what cameras to use or what types of lenses. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't do that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, there is a person in Maine or in Australia who does wedding videos full time and that's their thing. And they're a genius at that shit. So they may respond to your question in a, in a public forum. So we started the Facebook group. It, it, It was growing. It was really cool. Then I was like, what else, how, can, how else can I help? So I started the Black and No Cream podcast. I started interviewing my friends in yeah. the industry and, and trying to squeeze the juice out of them. I just, I got, I've been lucky enough to build such a good Rolodex of just like leaders in the space on all angles and, mm-hmm. and through the credits or whatever I've achieved, like it's really easy for me to get really cool people on the podcast. So I just tried to do that mm-hmm. as like an opportunity to give back to creators and help them learn through these other people's process, just like you're doing here and, and try to blow up that avenue just so people can like lean on it and, and find the education. And then, uh, it's just grown immensely since then. So I've been doing my, my personal creative goals and jobs parallel to trying to run this community and, and build it up. And we're just actually now about to 
to get rid of the Facebook group. We've been building it all year. We stopped the podcast and everything at the top of the year, and we've been building a brand new community uh, on our own platform, and and it's just so much more intuitive oh, and, awesome. and helpful and shit. So we're about to launch that. The goal is September 7th, I think, but um, it's going to be really dope. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember I was in I was in L.A., and my buddy was like, I was asking a question, and I was like, oh, um, so and so's on tour in Sydney and I'd like I'd love to like go and shoot. He's like, Oh dude, just post in black with no cream. Um and I was like, Oh, it's that and then I looked into it and it's like like I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and Black with No Cream is a very positive one. You know, someone will post like there's filmmakers in London, there's filmmakers in Sydney, there's filmmakers in Toronto and all these things for like groups like that and people will post things and then in the comments it just turns into this like roast session and negativity whereas like you know black with no cream it definitely feels like it's much more of a like like a bro to bro hey dude this is what i do this is how i did it you know how do you do invoicing how do you do this how do you do that you know it's, yeah. it's a crazy it's a great resource man and we have no like tolerance for fucking dickheads you know what i mean so yeah that's been my goal from the jump like the only way i've made it in where I'm at in my career has been from just being a good person. You know what I mean? And if you're going to come in and be a mm-hmm. dick, I don't know how many times I've been on a set where you, you know, like, Oh, your attitude <laughs> is like that. Cool. I will never hire you again. Some people don't understand like by the way you act is a direct image of who you are and what kind of, of person you are and what kind of content you would create. And so you could be the best at, like I was on set not too long ago and there was a person that was on there who was um, like an AD and they were great. I saw them moving, shaking, they were doing their thing, they were on time, they were fucking punctual, they were killing it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that'd be dope to hire that person. And then when I had to go work with them, and I'm I'm invited to the set to do something else or whatever, like there was just like an interesting mm-hmm. way. But when I when I worked with them, they just brushed it, brushed me off right away, which was just interesting because we're all crew working together. But I got brushed off right away and I was like, that's weird because I I do a lot of jobs where I direct and will need ADs. So you just by not wanting to be nice to everyone fucked up your chance to get a bag later and develop a better working relationship because immediately I'm like oh you're like I'm not going to work with you anymore and I think that that's the attitude I've always had and I've tried to stay away from shitty people so it's the same thing in in the community like we try to make it like a family and and bring these creators together and it's not just filmmakers you know what I mean that's from the jump I was like Mm -hmm. creators of all kinds because the benefit of of being able to be in a pool of not just filmmakers like I know those groups exist Mm -hmm. but I'm like it's more about community of creators musicians, photographers, designers, filmmakers, whatever it is, everyone coming together has a different experience, but we all deal with the same shit. So like you said, someone could bring up something about invoicing. The chat's going to be very positive and a lot of insight coming from different types of creatives. Like a designer may have learned a new way to build a retainer situation with the client that a video person might not have think of. And they could like chime in on that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it sparks a new idea and someone goes and dominates and gets more money than they ever have because this person gave them a great idea. And like, that's always been my goal. So I'm stoked that that's how you feel. And I feel like I get a lot of um, people that say that, like they're in a ton of groups and for some reason it's positive, but that makes me excited and I'm stoked. Like this new community space, it's more organized and more robust. And like, I think right now we're in beta. So we have like about 25 people and they're testing it. And it's been really cool yeah. to see them use it, understanding that obviously there's not hundreds and thousands of people in here. So like responses mm-hmm. are slow and shit, but like seeing the way people are communicating already in the new structure is just so much more, it's even more positive, which is really cool. And the way you yeah. post, you take your time to like truly share and give insight and respond with mm-hmm. depth. And, and I think that that's important versus like platforms like Facebook and shit where people just come and like, and they just want to talk about themselves and get in, get out and don't, they don't care about the community. So Anyway, I could go on all day about communities. It's it's fucking exciting. Yeah. 
No, that's good, man. Because, you know, I've, like I've been in the industry for a while and there's, I don't know what it is, but just entertainment in general, it, there's a lot of negativity. And, you know, I've, I find sometimes people will, you know, even if someone's really not a great person to have around, if they're talented enough, they'll still get them. And, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, um, say you're, you're like a lamp up or whatever, you do something where you're coiling cables. Um, at the end of the day, anyone can do that. But if you have a good attitude, that's what's going to get you called back. Hell yeah. So when um, when Black Widow Cream kind of relaunches, where can people find that? Uh, BWNC.com slash join. That'll always be the link, Sweet. but you can go in there and join. I, I We spent time making a really cool like landing page that kind of shows like who's in there. And it's dope because I have a lot of my friends that are in the industry, people that I would want to have in the podcast and shit that are going to be in there as yeah. members as well, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Like I'm going to tag them as like pro just so I can like highlight some of my friends that I think people should pay attention to um, because you never know who's like looking at your work and shit, you know, like that exposure yeah. is like insane to just totally. know that you're around this person who's um, directing some of the biggest like ads for companies or this person who's working with artists all day and always is looking for a photographer for tour. Like you just never know. So um, yeah, yeah, that, that it, it'll be cool. So I'm stoked if anyone's listening and wants to be a part of a fire family, like hopefully we're, we're launched by the 7th <laughs> of September. No, that's exciting. Cool, man. Well, let's kind of just chat a bit. Um, you know, I've done a lot of chatting about, you know, kind of where you've come from, Black With No Cream, how it started up. Um, where are you looking to go in the future, both, I guess, with Black With No Cream, but also career-wise? Are you looking to get into features, um, TV world, stay music video? Um, yeah. Yeah, what's what's kind of the goal? I mean, the, I've, I've been asked that question since the jump. Like, what is your goal? Like, And it's funny because it's like wherever you're at, there's always seems to be like a step farther that you're trying to get to. And I've always just said that I really want to do shit that is fun and exciting. Like if I'm mm -hmm. being invited onto a project that I think is going to make me excited and I'm going to have fun on it, I, I, I just travel that lane and see where it takes me. That could be a feature that could be more music videos. Uh, I've worked in music videos enough that I'm like, I get in there, I do what I need to do. I'm really into the docu space. I've done a bunch of documentaries at this point. We've done, Chris Brown's documentary, a documentary for Mary J. Blige. Uh, I was part of Beyonce's documentary for Homecoming, which won a Grammy, which mm -hmm. is sick for best music film. Yeah. I did a doc that I directed with about a, a really cool author named Lewis Howes. He's got a really motivational podcast. And there are long, intense projects. And right now, I don't, I don't know. I just like to kind of, I've been working a lot with branded content and directing and developing campaigns. And that's been really fun for mm -hmm. me because I can get in, do an intense amount of work in a short amount of time, get my money, move on and focus on what I want to do personally, which is like developing the community and developing branded stuff for black window cream and building like integrations and events. And that's really exciting to me. Um, but yeah, it's, it all shifts. I, it's been like a really wild ride, man. Like, <clears throat> I don't know how much you want to talk about the career side of shit of like to, to explain some of that stuff, but it's cool to continue my career and like launch black window cream in 2016 off of a tour. I had like, of 5,000 mm -hmm. followers. It wasn't a, like about me having a social platform at all. It's just like, oh, there's 5,000 yeah. people that are interested in my creative shit. And a bunch of them are asking me questions. So let's see what we can do. And now that the, the Facebook group alone has like 8,000 members from like, like you said, everywhere. And then to go back out on tour with Beyonce and Jay-Z, we're touring all over the world and shit. I'm in Amsterdam and there's members in Amsterdam trying to link up and get coffee and just shoot the shit. Yeah. And like, me saying, yeah, let's do it. And, and seeing creators from Amsterdam, like someone took a train from like three, four hours away, whatever. And we had just like a small little group and we kicked it. And it was dope because what I saw happen 
is what I see happen in the community all the time is like I saw a videographer, um, an ad marketer, like that's what her, she uses content in her company, but that's like her main <laughs> thing. I saw them meet each other at this little meetup and connect right then and there and be like, oh, I always need video people and I could hire you. And immediately they formed like a business partnership, like right there at that meeting. Yeah. And to me, that's like the coolest shit to see creators like can connect and grow and unlock a, a level for people. And so I'm trying to do that for everybody. Yeah. Like how many levels can I lock for a creative? And, um, and I think that black widow cream is the answer for that. So I've been doing that a lot, but then balancing your work and, and personal life on top of it, it, it gets intense, but it's been like yeah. pretty wild, man. Like we've done a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that's crazy. And yeah, dude, like for me, like, you know, even just starting the podcast, I'm like, you know, I'm focusing on work. It's going well. It's doing all this, but you know, just being able to do something where like, yeah, the listeners want to know, but I'm also really curious to hear how different people have gotten to where they're at as well. Um, yeah, dude, that's great. So then now you're, you're in LA, you're not necessarily sure where you want to go, which personally, I don't think is a bad thing. Cause I think having an open mind is good. Um, the thing I guess I want to chat about as well is, you know, so say someone's kind of just joined black, no cream, or they've started following you. Um, how do you kind of work day to day now? Is it, are you working under an agency? Are you working by yourself? Are you doing union? Um, how are you bringing in new clients? And yeah, I guess what's your, what's your kind of process like? Cause you're working yeah. as a director and, and, um, I'm a DP. So for me, people would normally come to me with stuff are already kind of done, but for you, you know, are you pitching to clients? Are you pitching to ad agencies or, or label reps or? Yeah, no, I never signed with an agency. I work with agencies on projects. Um, I work directly with clients on projects. I, I'm usually reached out to. I I rarely have to reach out to anyone to like try to get work. I'm I'm always so busy that it's not about needing to get work. Um, somehow mm-hmm. I've just it's been cool because even having Black Window Cream is interesting because people know that I have this like group of creators and they don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Brand brands might not know what that means, but they think that that's interesting. So they'll come to me oftentimes like maybe they don't even. They think the project might be too small or too... Usually it's like, hey, we have this project. I don't know if you would have someone that could do it. And so I start fielding that. And the idea was like, oh, do I turn this into like an agency or do I turn this into a production company? But I'm not really Mm -hmm. interested in growing a production company anymore. I'd rather Mm -hmm. focus on education and try to find ways to funnel some of my production pitches to people in the the ecosystem. Um, But for me, like, yeah, it's been... You know, I try to run Black Window Cream as as full time as possible. Um, we have a bunch of goals that we have set for that right now. I also try and juggle personal life and try to just like I said, I burnt myself out. I didn't actually. I never felt it was burnout. I just knew I was going really fucking hard at the beginning. Like I was really, mm-hmm. really intensely working for the first four years, three four years, and over the last two years, especially with the COVID shit, I tried to find ways to like um, just relax and have more of a personal life and enjoy shit a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that comes with having gained the really nice clients and people that, you know, it's, it's higher quality shit that I'm trying to put out, which comes with higher quality clients and and more money and stuff. So you can Mm -hmm. work fewer times uh, and not have to be so aggressive where you're working like multiple times a week. Whereas a DP, like you're, you're grinding, like you're going to be trying to get on jobs every single day, every week, um, because you know that that's what it's going to be. So I've been trying to find that, that balance. And, um, and like, I, it's not that I don't know where I want to go. It's really just, I'm already here. I'm working with some of the best 
artists in the fucking world. I'm working with some of the biggest yeah. brands in the world. And I feel like a lot of people always say that sentence. Um, but I really have really good connections. Like EA Sports, mm-hmm. EA Games is one of my biggest clients. Mm-hmm. I worked on The Sims, Need for Speed, Madden, uh, NBA Live. I've worked on like, Sick. fuck, I can't Battlefield. Um, I can't think of all of them. But all their franchises within that shit, I've been kind of brought into that fold. And now the the company sees me as like a solution for a lot of things. So they're going to come to me all totally. the time and say, hey, we want to do a campaign around this thing or we want to release, do something cool for this release for this game. What can you come up with? And so I'll dive really hard into that. Two, three weeks go by, job's done. And then I'm back into like, all right, cool. Now what do I want to do personally or an artist is going to hit me up for something that maybe is like a long-term shoot, whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's really fun. But yeah, it's just juggling it and trying to find that balance. And I got into camping and shit. I'm trying to like get the fuck out of LA all the time. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just find yeah. some serenity or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. And I think it's, it's something that isn't really talked about. Um, and I think people now especially in the union, you're kind of learning the the value of rest. You know, you're saying you're trying to get some more personal time because like, yeah, it's good to be ambitious and it's good to have drive. But at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, if you're going to go at that speed for too long, you're going to burn out. And, you know, longevity is something you really want to keep in mind. Yeah, dude. And just building a legacy brand too. It's like, what is my goal so that when I am older, I have taken care of myself and I put myself in a position to to win beyond my youth. And yeah. that's incredibly important to me now. Like I didn't think about any of that shit. I didn't think about having to retire at some day three years mm-hmm. ago, two years ago, like this last, obviously during COVID, it's like we had so much downtime. I started really reading and getting into like, how am I, how am I, I didn't even know I'm setting myself up. Right. And that's so important. Yeah. Like I, I wish I could have started thinking about that at an earlier age. Um, I don't think a lot of creators care to think about that because when you start, you know, you can't think about investing you can't think about um, really, I mean, when, when it is comes to investing, like I couldn't even imagine putting a thousand dollars into like a, a retirement fund when I was just moved to LA because I needed every dollar I could to buy a MacBook pro that could at least handle like my editing or I needed to yeah. try to come up with rent. Like it just seems so far fetched, but now I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can chill a little bit, like make my money work for me. And what, what do I want to do with that freedom? You know what I mean? Where do I want to yeah. go? creatively and and so it's been really fun to do it but yeah like you can burn yourself out so hard um just trying to grind you know yeah man well i kind of want to hop into the second part of the podcast now um and it's just like three questions and i'm asking it to everybody and I, i've been really interested a lot of the answers are similar but you know i'm always happy be- when people bring up like another element you know because everyone has a very different experience um yeah so the first one is Film school, would you rather go to film school or would you rather teach yourself? And I know for you, you you wanted to go, you ended up going and doing a communications degree. Yeah. I think nowadays it's very different with all the stuff that's available online, like YouTube and all that. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, for me, it didn't work out. I didn't get to go. Uh, it was just too expensive. The reason why I really wanted to go was, I think, in a flashy way, like, Obviously, that would be the next step traditionally is to go to film school. And when I toured the Mm -hmm. film school, they had the floor with million dollars worth of camera gear and all the cinema shit and all the rigs and all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could play with that every day because I don't have that shit. You know, what I mean, I don't have access to those things. And so if only I could get my hands on this, then I could know how to do this and I will be successful. Um, Yeah. 
And, and also, you know, I had a cousin that went to film school and his biggest advice was like, yo, the number one thing you walk away with that is your network. Like you're going to yeah. go to school with some kids totally. that are going to grow up to become Spielberg. You know what I mean? Like one person could become mm-hmm. this person and that's in your, your ecosystem. And so network was strong. I think now looking back on it, I had, you know, I taught myself everything and mm-hmm. it was hard and it took a really fucking long time. And it's not like every single thing I did was right. Um, I had multiple revisions on learning how to do certain things. I had to spend 3x the amount of time on gear, 3x the amount of time on learning how to speak to clients, all these other things, yeah. like really picking up the stuff that you might have learned in a film school. Um, but I wouldn't have changed it. I, I wouldn't go any other way at this point because I feel like it, it's unique to you and it's also up to you on how hard you want to go. Like if you're, yeah, you know, I've, I, I've, I've heard of people that go to film school and they treat it like regular college. And they're not there mm-hmm. to like go hard and every hour outside of school is spent socializing and shit. I, I would mm-hmm. never like if I had that opportunity, I was gonna be it was gonna be exhaustive. Like I was gonna literally exhaust yeah. every resource there um, to try and grow as much as I can. So I don't know. It's uh, totally up to people. I think that there is a ton of resources online. Like I've tried to make this because I know people just can't afford it. Like I couldn't afford it. So I want to have Black Widow Cream be something that I wish I could have had when I was going to school. I know people have their master classes. They have their fucking, you know, extensive courses and all this other shit. But like it was important for me to be able to make a podcast, something that I could share with people that maybe they can't afford those things. And if they want to take the time to like hear these stories and apply some of these theories and shit, like they can work it out in real time. And we're going to, you know, that is a goal of ours. We want to be able to start collaborating with our friends in the industry to build content that could work for people um, who do really want to take that next level of learning. Um, It's like I said, it's rare that I have access to so many cool creatives who have done so many different types of projects and have different learning experiences. And they all don't have the time to like, do shit like this. They don't have time to like build a podcast. They don't have time to like go and sit down and try to walk A through Z on how they were able to achieve this. And so I think that Mm -hmm. that's going to be a a power play that Black Window Cream will will make outside of like community engagement is building valuable products that really have heart and meaning and education behind it. Um, Basically because people just fuck with our vision as Black Window Cream and like understand like how we want to help. Just giving back is like really important to me. But Film school, I don't know. It's, I'm not gonna say I don't want to make anyone feel feel obligated yeah. to do one way or the uh, or the other. But I did buy a domain called fuckfilmschool.com a while back because <laughs> I wanted that to be the university side of Black Window Cream. It's kind of aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> no man, it, it's not honestly. It's not unwarranted. You know, I find sometimes because I did go to film school, and sometimes people come out of it with their with their head high and they're like, "Oh, I have a degree or whatnot." And at the end of the day, honestly, man, if you're if you're getting a person a cup of coffee they don't care if you have a degree or not no one no client i in this industry has ever asked me about my education they'll ask me about my education once i've like once we've like collaborated but man so how'd you learn all of this did you go to school like that's that might be the request of like did you go to school but it's not it's like passively like no one's ever asked me that it's really yeah. just about your knowledge and how good you're going to become at something. Like, I think that's the benefit of school. I have a lot of I have a lot of friends that have gone to film school and they're mad successful and they applied that shit every day and they they learned a ton. They learned tons of stuff that I I can't learn without school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm able to learn through them and that's what's cool. And uh, it, there's tons of advantages to it. But yeah, it's just about how you apply it when you come out. No one's asking me about my degree ever. Totally. Yeah, man. No, that's good. Um, yeah. And the last question, you've kind of already touched on it a little bit is, um, where's your line on working for free? And I'm really, I'm really interested in hearing your answer because, 
you know, especially being from a smaller town and moving, like I'm Canadian, but I moved to London in the UK, which is a huge city. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, when you get there and like you said, no one knows who you are, no one knows what you can do. So obviously you're going to have to do a few freebies at least to kind of get your name out there. But what's the line in your opinion as to where, you know, there's, there's a line of, you know, you're getting your name out there versus being taken advantage of. Yeah. We've discussed this a, f- a shit ton on the podcast. Uh, we have a morning roast segment, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. Yeah, the morning roast, we go off on things, uh, me and my partner, Dave. And so we've talked about this subject a lot. And to me, I would never be where I am today with even you wanting to have me on your podcast. Like, you would have never known who I was if I didn't take free jobs. Like, I took yeah, a totally. fucking lot of free jobs. Like, I was bleeding my account, my bank account, to exist in L.A., to try and, and educate myself and become well-known in this space, right? And yeah. I think that that offering that I was able to make helped turn heads. It helped inform people who I was. And um, and I couldn't have done it if I came in aggressively trying to ask for money. And whether I'm worth it or not, it's just that some people don't know who you are, especially when you don't have credits. Like if you have no portfolio, Mm -hmm. my portfolio was, I did a bunch of creative shit that no one would ever care about seeing. And I knew I was capable of doing, I just needed the opportunity to be in the room. And so in that instance, um, it it was like, all right, that's the best way to get people to be put onto what I am. I think there's clever ways to deal with it now. Um, positioning yourself to say, Hey, I'm willing to work for free. And if you like it, let's create a working relationship and blah, 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 blah. Like you can find creative ways to uh, obtain clients, but also to keep in mind, although I was doing free work, a, I had saved up that money before I moved, mm-hmm. but also I had that skill set. I had developed that kind of like a second business, the Google photography thing, um, mm-hmm. which basically is like Google maps has virtual tours or virtual yeah. street view you could go into businesses and see a 360 view of a business. And so that was like my side hustle at the time. So when I moved Mm -hmm. to LA, I was literally going and doing that for businesses. Like I remember when we were working on Chris Brown's doc, I'm not getting any money for it at the time. I did get paid a little bit at the end, but not, not that much because they didn't budget for me at all. Like I just showed up on their doorstep. They're like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) And you know what I mean? So I was lucky to get the co-editor credit, but we're over there grinding every day and I would like go over to um, the local taco shop and shot like a tour for like 250 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever. And then mm-hmm. I went over and I shot a hotel tour and I traded them a tour for some cash and they gave me like a credit for food. So I yeah. would use that when I was working at, at like edit sessions. I would like go over there and get like redeem <laughs> one of my 20 meals. Yeah. You know what I mean? There and so yeah. I found other ways to like get myself by if that makes sense and I, like 250 bucks like I could do tours for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars it's just about like I knew I had that to like help me so cool I would go and work this thing and a lot of people have like full-time jobs uh part-time jobs whatever like I, I mm-hmm. that was my part-time job was trying to find enough cash to like help pay off my credit card bill or help um you know get some rent stacked up so I can move into a studio whatever it was um yeah yeah, so at a certain point, like you have to, you have to stand up for yourself, um, and I think that's going to come with demonstrating that you're good at something. I've booked people that I've never worked with before, off the mm-hmm. merit of like, I look, I need something, I need a blah blah blah, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. your your resume shows me that you can do it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I'll pay your rate because I need you to do something, and I just am going to trust you based on the way you've sold me on yourself. You know what I mean? So it takes. Totally. It takes a two-way street, you know what I mean? Like the client needs to know what you're capable of doing. It's up to you to dress that up. I have a friend who's an editor. 
Um, he wants to get more editing work. His website mm-hmm. doesn't explain that right now. It says he's a director, a writer. It actually just says that. It doesn't even talk about his editing ability. And I'm like, yeah. you have to redress all of this shit if your goal is to now lean really into editing because if I'm going to suggest you to other people or bring you into the fold, yeah. no one knows what you're able to do. So it really is about puppeteering people to understand what kind of person you are and what you're going to do for them. You know what I mean? It's all about sell a service for someone else. So, uh, I don't know. I ramble a lot. My bad. No, that's good, dude. It's good to hear. And I actually skipped the, skipped the second question. So this is the last one, but, and again, like I hate to always come back to it, you know, just being from a small town and moving out to, to the city. Um, you know, there's, there's maybe there's somebody out in like the middle of nowhere in like Iowa or Saskatchewan or Western Australia or the Midlands in England. And so one of the previous guests, he's from a town outside of Toronto. And, you know, the question is, would you rather buy gear or rent gear? And for him, he said, you know, I'm not in a huge production hub, right? So for me, if I wanted to rent gear in Toronto, it's a two-hour drive, pick it up, two-hour drive back. What are your thoughts? Like you said you had some gear when you moved out, but... Um, and obviously, you know, as, as you climb the ladder and bit budgets get bigger, you don't want to be buying, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to have to keep upgrading, keep upgrading. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts, especially when you're beginning and learning? I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of where the question lies. No, I feel so, yeah, Do you prefer to own or to rent? I'm, um, I'm a big advocate for having ownership mainly because you know it's the same thing with like renting and leasing or buying a home it's like it's tough to buy a home in LA so that's why I still rent an apartment but I would rather give money to myself versus to someone else so I think there's plenty of times like we have many shoots like most shoots on the high-end productions everything's rented right Mm -hmm. because I'm not gonna buy fucking 15 C stands I'm not gonna have all this shit because I live in an apartment so like some of that's unrealistic but like before I came out here um, I had a whiteboard next to my computer and I wrote the gear that I wanted. And I think at the time, I think at the time I had a Canon 70 um, and I wanted a 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm. I wanted a 14 mil lens and I wanted a Ronin and a drone. And to me, if I had all those things, I could at least do fucking real estate tours. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At the end of the day, I could shoot really wide, beautiful real estate tours and I could make money with that. So yeah. that was my goal. If I had that, I could also do BTS videos and so on. So I was like, I'll just, I'm going to work. I'm going to buy everything as I can, as I have the money coming in. Cool. I'd purchase this, purchase this, purchase this. I had all the gear that I needed. And when I moved to LA, there wasn't like a need to continue to buy more gear for a while because I was able to use what I had for, for a minute. And now, you know, now I've acquired a fucking ridiculous amount of gear and I don't necessarily need all of it. Um, and I try to get rid of the stuff I don't need, but you know, if I'm going to go on a client job, like there'd be a job where they're like, Oh, we need to rent like four GoPros. And -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to buy four GoPros Mm -hmm. and take that rental fee. And then I can just sell two of them afterwards because we mm-hmm. don't need them anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just try to find ways to justify it that way. Um, at most of the gear, you can get a good percentage of the money back if you sell it. So mm-hmm. like I was renting a Komodo for a campaign shoot. We had to do like six days of shooting. So I was renting it for like whatever it was, a couple hundred bucks a day. And then I was like, I'm just going to buy it and then have one. And then I'll use it for sure. You know what I mean? The job's yeah. going to pay for itself. And then if I ever need to sell it, like you get some money back, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, it's really dependent on that. But yeah, if you're driving two hours to like, you know, what's your time worth to you? And how, how long will it take you to pay that gear off? I don't think people think about it in the sense of like, oh, cool. If I buy this $5,000 camera, how many jobs do I have to do before I've paid the camera off? And then yeah. after that, how many jobs do I have to do until I paid the lens off? And then you could say, I need $30,000 of work to have cleared my debt 
of what I spent on these things, and it's a full write off. So, totally. um, but again, yeah, bigger shoots like we're renting. We have grip trucks and all that shit coming in because like I'm not buying a fucking steady cam. Yeah. I'm not buying. You know what I mean? All this other stuff is just yeah, like yeah. you don't need it. So it just depends on where you live. But smaller creators that are just getting started, I do think that there's an advantage to owning your shit. And just by being very specific and conscious about like what you're buying and why you're why you're buying it and how can you make it a benefit to your business. You know what I mean? If you're buying a drone totally. because you think you need to have a drone, but you don't know how to fly a drone and you're not gonna work it in your productions, probably shouldn't buy a drone. You know what I mean? Totally, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for sitting down with me, man. This has been great. It's been great kind of just chatting about um, you know, just the the community of Black and No Cream and then even just going down the route of, you know, just having like good people around you and like just having a positive environment around set. I think it's really refreshing. Yeah. No. And I think the, honestly, the industry is kind of changing a little bit towards that. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's really good to see that from, from people like you, man. No, I appreciate it. I'm glad, um, I'm glad it's working. I'm glad people find it as a benefit, you know, uh, Totally. It, the, the, re- the response is always really cool. And to hear like the different creators that have found like, some sort of inspiration or some sort of like change in their life because of it. Yeah. That's like why I obviously keep going and, and I'm stoked to see like how, how we can continue to grow it. Uh, especially like with this community relaunch and all the events we want to start hosting and COVID like disappearing hopefully yeah. soon. So we can have like live interactions and shit again. Uh, it's going to be really fun, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on here, man. It was, it was a good chat. That's awesome, bro. Um, where can people find you and black and no cream on socials? Uh, ben Real vs. World is all my personal shit. Uh, ben Real vs. World.com is like my website. And then Black Window Cream is just that on Instagram and uh, BWNC.com. We made awesome. it shorter so it's easier to, <laughs> to find. Cool, yeah. man. But check it out. Hopefully, the community is launched. I'm pumped for it to be out there and, and get new people in there and, and get everyone connected and introduce themselves and shit. It's really cool. Totally, man. Well, guys, this has been the Justice Filmmakers Podcast, and I'm Justice. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next time.